it's great being back in Sheboygan, but I'm having trouble finding my way to North High. I might have to get some help here. Okay, I'll pull over here and I'll find somebody. Oh, hi. Oh, oh hi. Oh, oh, hi. How's it Guys, going? It's Melissa. Oh my goodness. What are you doing here? Well, I'm trying to find my way to North High, but I can't, I oh. can't really remember the way. Can you help me get there? Yeah, it's been that long. It's been a while. Okay. All right. Yeah, I know. Go. I know where I'm going. Okay. All right. Well, uh, while uh, while we're driving, why don't you tell me about uh, your time at Sun Prairie? Oh yeah. Yesterday I was at the lovely Sun Prairie High School in all of its uh, giantness. Uh, I always forget how large that school truly is, and uh, I got to have a wonderful time uh, judging. I got to do impromptu, which I truly love doing, and. Uh, Got to judge the group and turp final round, which made me very, very happy because I never get to judge that. So uh, what would you say your, your favorite thing you saw this week was? <laughs> Am I allowed to say the thing I saw on the bulletin board? Uh, I think you can say that story and then maybe something forensics related. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it to the group and turp from St. Lawrence who I gave my one to but apparently the other judges did not. <laughs> but they were they were so tight and they were so clean and they were having so much fun. And you know I'm a sucker for binder tech anytime anyone actually uses it. Uh, and the outfits that Martin has those boys in this year are great. They were wearing just these like beautiful red shirts with tan pants and the other ones were wearing dress pants and white turtlenecks and they just looked really slick. I was there for it. That sounds great. Okay, but you you obviously have another story that you want to tell. This story is for Heath Rinal, who I was hanging out with. We both had round two off yesterday. So we were walking because I'm trying to be a good person and not be, you know, sedentary at all times. And uh, he needed to get steps in uh, to qualify for his next Pokemon Go battle. So we were wandering around the school and various uh, bulletin boards had this... Uh, I, I don't know what to call it. There were a lot of them called the We Are SPHS. And they had little one word describers or phrases for how the students label themselves. Athlete, uh, tired, dyslexic, uh, things that were just really like them being very vulnerable. Uh, and so we were just reading them. And uh, then I uh, gasped loudly and Heath asked what was wrong. And then I pointed because at the top corner of one of them, it just said, <laughs> average looking diabetic. <laughs> and I just really appreciated the honesty within which someone describing themselves as that way. And also uh, what it would be like to be someone who others might describe as, oh, you remember so-and-so, the average looking diabetic, and that being a good enough descriptor to remember them by. But overall, it was a really nice day, fast paced day. They always keep it nice and tight there in Sun Prairie. And uh, I was home and uh, on my couch watching Survivor in no time. That sounds like a really fun day. It was. I enjoyed it. That's that's awesome. And somehow, even though you haven't given me any directions this whole time, we've made our we've made it to our destination. I mean, I was trying to point with my eyes to tell you where to go, but I'm wearing sunglasses, so I'd see now that that was an in, was not a good method. It, it didn't work, but somehow we're here anyways. We the, did it, and the bit is over. Dun dun dun. So it's time to just say, have a good week, everybody. In, enjoy uh, this episode. It was really fun for Kurt and I to reminisce with this one. So I hope you enjoy it. Bye. Bye.
Hey guys, this week we are talking about team bonding. And this is one of those episodes where Melissa and I are truly in a dialogue together. We, during the course of this conversation, uh, discussed different strategies, uh, our differing backgrounds and how we approach working with teenagers certainly comes up. We don't agree on everything, Um, but we think that's fine and that's fun actually. And we hope that This is one of those episodes that after you've listened to it and you've had some time to think about what you do with your own team, we hope that you'll let us know what you think. And without further ado, I'm just going to let you listen to that conversation. This is, admittedly, this is one of those topics that I was like, Melissa is going to take the lead on this because you... You team bond I to a degree that sometimes makes bonding. me uncomfortable. 100% does. <laughs> and people are going to hear me talking about this and they're going to say I'm overstepping a line. But as we said before, I don't care. So um, I'm, I've, I mean, I certainly have tried some team bonding things, but mm-hmm. I just think like, why not spend some time talking about like some activities that you can do uh, with your students and other adults always present um, so that uh, the teammates start to feel like teammates, you know, and, and frankly, like friends. Yeah. Let's talk about why team bonding is important because one of the things that people for program assistance will ask a lot is retention Mm. and like keeping a kid around because if they aren't doing well for them, they've, they lack incentive. Right. But if the goal is success, once they don't have success, why they have no stick reason around. to be there. But if you build a team environment that they want to keep returning to, that in that environment they flourish, that can be their motivation is just getting to be a part of that. Yeah. And for some kids, that's what they're going to walk away with is being a part of your forensics family, being on your squad and the memories and the friends that they're going to make there. And as Kurt and I have talked about people from our team, still friends with the, that we're still friends with them today. Yeah. And so, and that sort of morale, like it builds morale because then they want each other to succeed. And then when you do things like win a team trophy, it just means more because everyone has contributed, but they actually like care about having that group achievement. Yeah. So I I think it also like it motivates you to show up more often. Mm -hmm. Uh, It gives an atmosphere of, uh, uh, you know, like not only like hanging out, but like they'll get each other to practice more. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it makes practice, if practicing gets cool, um, it doesn't feel like so much of a chore. If like your team is doing today, if they have a, a group team practice, it seems less like a chore and more like a thing that can be fun. Like mm-hmm. just on every level, like having the, having your students feel like they're around people they enjoy and like spending time with and that they can feel safe and supportive in the atmosphere that you create. Like it just does such great things for a team overall. Um, And I think it's a great recruiting strategy too, Mm -hmm. because if people see that your kids are having fun and they're walking through the hallways, talking to each other and they seem like a close tight knit group, People are going to be like, I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's so much better than than having a team where like people are just there to compete. Yeah, and they're not interacting. Mm-hmm. And there, we talk a lot about the kids who are walking away from tournaments, and the only thing they're walking away with is their critique sheets. But there are also students that like the memories that they're making are what they're going to like cherish the most more than than their trophies and their medals and that sort of thing. For sure, or maybe they don't get them at all. And so you want to be setting 
them up for that as much as you can. And for me, that is forcing my students to hang out with each other (laughs) and to hang out with me. Well, let's, okay. So let's start there. Like you say forcing, like how much can you really force teenagers to do something they don't want to do? But obviously you place a lot of importance on making sure that people show up for these things that you do. So what are some of the things that you do and how do you encourage the kids to show up for it? Um, So we do breakfast practice. So on a day like today, uh, the students will like potluck, bring things for breakfast. Uh, we'll have waffle irons because I own five waffle irons of various sizes. You're crazy. Lady. I just got a new one that has snowflakes. Um, and we'll also bring a griddle and make pancakes. Kids will bring in orange juice and we'll just sit together and eat food and wake up. And then we'll practice. The kids will watch each other, give each other feedback. Uh, It's them getting to perform in front of an audience rather than having to just have one-on-one. They're getting exposed to each other's pieces and speeches so they can also be informed about them. And that also helps in building that rapport is knowing what your teammates are doing. Uh, And then I just also really like waffles. So (laughs) So don't, don't forget that crucial component. Don't forget that part. But- we talk a lot about recruiting and incentivizing with food there, but as someone who uh, is and looks the way that I do, food is a really great motivator. <laughs> um, and it's also very important to me, um, the sort of relate like building relationships with food. You know, a lot of people know I will, I bring a cake for everyone's birthdays and bring, I'm always bringing everyone snacks. So setting up that food, great way to incentivize them, but don't put the burden on yourself potluck it. Ask the students. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to afford everything, but they can go to the grocery store and bring a quart of orange juice. Right. That's not a heavy thing to ask. No. Um, are your team hangouts always practice no. related? Mm-mm. So like what other things do you guys do as teams? Uh, we do movie night where we will have popcorn and snacks again. And we'll watch a movie. Um, I found out a few years ago that a lot of kids on my team had not seen the movie Mean Girls. And I was physically angry. So (laughs) the next week uh, on a Wednesday night, just at five o'clock, was like, hey, we're going to be showing Mean Girls in Kroll's room. (laughs) You guys should come. It'll be fun. And so we just watched Mean Girls and ate food together. Mm -hmm. We have also done, especially when we're doing overnights, We'll play a game of mafia, all of us together, uh, because that's also fun to like lean into your characters and whatnot. Uh, We'll do like just a team dinner at my house. I invite the kids to my house. I feed them all like spaghetti or something. Uh, And then we'll play various games that just engage them and Make silly memories. One of my favorite ones, and you have to do this a little bit later in the season for it to be successful, is playing charades. But all of the prompts are uh, kids' pieces and speeches on the team. Mm. So they're you, the person who draws it, you, they're sort of like doing impressions of each other and poking fun at their pieces and their speeches and stuff. And it just, it's really fun. I like it. But I also am insistent upon that. Like, I am always referring, I'm more likely to call them forensics family than the forensics team. And I 
purposely build relationships with my students outside of being their forensics coach. If they need someone in their life to talk to about anything, I want to be there for them. Uh, I make sure that my older students, we, they always get any, anytime a new kid comes to the team, the first tournament, they get a, a returner to walk them through the process. So we're building those relationships right away. They have to watch each other in practice. If someone needs help with their homework, I'm going to connect them to whoever took that class and know that they were good at that and that teacher liked them. I am setting things up just outside of forensics. And I know for some people, they don't have the energy to exert outside of just coaching their kids. And I fully respect that. But I think one of the things that has made my team successful outside of winning is that the kids want to be there mm-hmm. and they will, and they'll let you know if they're like my last year, I had students that were like, this doesn't feel right. Like something on the team doesn't feel right. And then we just talked it out and figured out what it was, mm-hmm. made it the solution. And then we moved on. There are some things I like about what you said and some things I'm going to push back on. Oh, 100%. Um, well, one, I would say that like, I like anything that you described that happens inside the school. Yes. You know, the movie night, that sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the nice thing is, I mean, I, our school district was always really great about it. That like, as long as you're out of the building by 10, yeah. you know, you can be in really any classroom. You can reserve it. And as long as somebody knows that you're in the building, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a great resource to, to just use the space that you already have. Um, I also think like, the kids will also tell you if like it's not needed, mm-hmm. you know, or like if if you set up a social thing and it's a bad time of year and they're like super stressed out because of like finals or something and they'll be like, I don't think this is the right time for it. They'll tell you mm-hmm. and that's okay too. Um, but the one thing you said that I want to touch base on is like how some people don't have time for it because they just have time to coach forensics. I think part of what we're talking about today is that it's a worthwhile use of your forensics coaching time mm-hmm. to set up some of these types of activities. So maybe one practice per month instead of doing, you know, your your usual like 20-minute practice sessions or group practices, however you run your practice times, one time a month becomes a movie night mm-hmm. or becomes a game night yeah. or becomes something else that is purely focused on just getting everybody in the same room at the same time to do something enjoyable. Um that's not forensics related. Yeah. That, you know, just, it just gets them to spend some time together building the, the team vibe, you know? Um, I will push back on, and to a degree, and we've talked about this before, it's just like, I'm a dude. It is a totally different thing for me to think about like inviting teenagers to my house. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not comfortable with it. I did it one time and I made sure that my co-coach was there the entire time, mm-hmm. like I made, I literally told him to come 30 minutes before anybody was supposed to show up to make sure there was not the possibility of me being alone with a student in my house. Mm-hmm. Cause like that freaked me out. And like the whole time I was so kind of like on edge about it that I felt I couldn't even participate in the team bonding that was happening. I, mm-hmm. I hope the kids got something out of it, but I know I felt like this is weird. Like I couldn't, yeah, couldn't relax. I mean, the reason that I started 
to do the team dinners at my house slash like we've also done like an ice cream thing is because other sports teams like they'll have a big game on Saturday. So on Friday night, either a coach or one of the parents on the team, they all go to that house. They get fed there. And I don't know. I'm like to open my house up to people, but I'm also. And uh, I just think the era of that needs to go. <laughs> I do. I think, I mean, yes, the, that happened all the time too, but like, we're also finding out in the me too era that like a lot of those situations mm-hmm. were breeding grounds for things to yeah. happen that shouldn't have. So that, that whole like openness, well, and it relates to my other thing that I'm going to push back on, which is the notion of like forensics family, Go for it. which like I was in show choir in high school and our, my show choir director was very much like the, we're a family and like tried to push that on us. And I realized in hindsight that that was manipulation. Mm-hmm. Like I was, we were being manipulated into thinking that that was the most important thing that we did. And I am not comfortable with that now as an adult to, 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 to put the label of family on something that is certainly I want us to be friends. Certainly I want them to know that I will support them and advocate for them. Mm -hmm. That is not the same as a family, you know? So I have some boundary issues that would prevent me from doing some of the things. Oh, and we've talked about this before. My boundaries, I I have boundary issues. I, Mm -hmm. there, I, get involved in my students' lives with their consent, but more than other people do. Mm -hmm. I've bought prom dresses. I've paid for college application fees. Like I, that's just who I am as a person. And I don't, it's not that I like, I'm never like giving a speech. Like we are a family. It's just that I, it's the word that comes to mind when you want a student to know that it is a safe space without using the term safe space. Like, one of the most important things I think that we can do in forensics and that I hope people in other activities do is making sure that the environment that you're creating for students makes them feel safe because you are spending a lot of time with them and you want to set up that team vibe, as you said, to be one that feels inclusive and safe and comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's that wanting to create that, like using the word family, wanting it to be familial but it's just because I don't have a term outside of family. And like we talk about chosen family a lot in forensics, especially when Mm -hmm. I have students who come from really tough backgrounds, letting them know you are at a place where right now you can't, but eventually you're going to be able to choose the people that you surround yourself with. And like you get to do that. And so for me, it's just this idea of showing students, okay, maybe you don't have fun on the cheerleading team, but you have fun on the forensics team. And so mm-hmm. we can be a refuge for you. We can be an oasis in the desert that is teenagers. Uh, and I guess it's just because I don't have a term other than family. I actually normally call them my squam, which is squad and fam put together. That's cute. Yeah. I mean, I think all of those terms are fine. I just, like I said, I, I kick back against that family thing just because I had a Mm-hmm. Like I, I see it in hindsight and well, and like last year we talked about that article about that guy who like sometimes those are just their breeding grounds for icky things. Yeah. Um, and like, again, I don't think anybody thinks that when a female coach does it, 
You know, I see other female coaches, other female teachers talking about inviting students to their homes with some regularity, and it makes me uncomfortable because I I think that the era for that has come and gone. Mm-hmm. I think there used to be a more, I think we used to be more naive about what could happen yeah. in those types of situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think like, God forbid, something should happen while at your house. You know, something cool and fun. No, like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, mm-hmm. we, when we never want to think that any of our kids would do something wrong, but like, what if a student sexually harasses another student and it happened at your house? Mm-hmm. It's got real bummer. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry, but I think this is something when we're talking about team bonding, we have to think about too, is yeah. like, they're like, you talked about having a safe space. I think public safe spaces. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well then let's, let's talk about team bonding that I've done do that. in public spaces. Yeah. Laser tag. There was a period mm-hmm. of time where we would go to the Congress at Appleton East. And then after Congress ended, we would go to Funset Boulevard and play laser tag as a team. Awesome. Uh, you can, uh, before your team, uh, before the North tournament, they all go get breakfast together. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, go out to a restaurant together. You as a coach aren't there, but. They, not not on that specific occasion, no, because, yeah. yeah, running um, a tournament. The We used to do a tournament after party for... Also, by the way, that is one way to make it mandatory. <laughs> because that breakfast is how they check in for the tournament. Yeah. It's how I know they're there. Because we don't have a bus ride. Yeah. Um, but uh, after the home tournament, someone always hosts a party at their house that mm-hmm. all the kids go to. And that was another thing I was going to say too, is like, I think it's totally one thing for like the coach to say, come to my house versus a parent or somebody else saying like, we're going to host something at our house. I am a full proponent of students hosting other students. I think that's great. Okay. And and I have often encouraged like my team captains or when we used to have spirit leaders to be like, hey, you guys, maybe you should plan a party. Maybe you should make sure everybody's invited. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys should hang out socially. Maybe, maybe you should be friends. Maybe, you know, if, or I, I would overhear them being like, oh, like, you know, do you guys want to go to Culver's after the tournament? And I'd be like, hey, maybe you should say something to the entire bus. Make that a bus announcement? Make that, make that an everybody invitation. And oftentimes their reaction was like, oh yeah, sure. We hadn't even thought about that. Like, just let people know when you're doing things, kids. And then like invite them along. And even if you don't end up sitting at the same table with them, like at least people feel like they were included and yeah. they, had, they had something to do after the tournament. And at least for my team, there always naturally falls like a group of people who are very tight and then people who feel like outliers. Mm-hmm. And I think something that you as a coach can do is reach out to though that someone in that tight knit group and say, Hey, do you mind just, you know, checking in with so-and-so and seeing if they want to join you in doing something or just like sit with them at the tournament and have lunch with them before power rounds get posted. Uh, and I don't want to say like intervene, but just help gently guide them towards the socially anxious kid. Who's not going to say, Hey, I, I, I would love to hang out with you too. Yeah. Um, take advantage of those extroverted kids and say, Hey, invite everyone or reach out to this person specifically Uh, And I also like check in with your team. You're allowed to ask how it's going. And sometimes they'll say, well, there's this underlying issue that you haven't noticed. And we 
things are weird because of it. Can we talk about it? Or they'll say, well, you know, I don't, it's really boring to be here. I don't, don't want to be here. It's kind of mm-hmm. stupid and dumb. And then you can try to do what you can to change the vibe and change the environment. Are there any other team bonding activities that you guys have tried? You guys do so many. I mean, you guys go, especially when you go to nationals, you do like oh yeah some weird stuff. Well, we always go. We get ice cream every day. Um, I will go to whatever museum is free. I'll go to a park, especially like a just a really cool looking playground. <laughs> uh, when we were in Louisville, I made my team walk just over a mile to get donuts. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what to you is the weird stuff that we do. Um, parties where you dress up as other people on oh. your team. Uh, <laughs> situations where you throw, quote unquote, weddings. And these are all things that the students, okay. Two examples that he's talking about. When we were in Philadelphia for nationals, two of my students decided that they wanted to have a pretend wedding. So the students that night put the whole thing together. They made a toilet paper dress. Kroll was the maid of honor. They found a spot in like an upper level of the hotel. That was a pretty view of Philadelphia. They like did a whole thing. And then they did like, they did like a march. (laughs) But that's just because like, this was also before they had smartphones. Like they weren't, this is how they had to fill Mm. their time. Uh, And as for the dressing up as other people, uh, because it's Kroll's birthday when we're at NSDA National sometimes. And so uh, we throw, uh, Roll parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, and uh, this last year at state, uh, we did a sort of secret Santa thing, but instead of giving them a gift, you had to dress up as that person. And then the team got to guess who you were. Uh, and Kroll and I got to be included. So um, I got to dress up as my student Kobe and my student Mason dressed up as me. Uh, and watching, getting to see how people view me was very interesting. Apparently I just dance a lot (laughs) and sing tempo by Lizzo featuring Missy Elliott. Uh, But for me, it's a lot of like helping them step out of themselves. And also don't be afraid to tell them, put your phone down. No stupid phones. I tell they have to put them face down during practice. They have to leave them in their bags. If they're coming somewhere, like just tell them to not use their phones. And most of the time they're going to listen to you. So any sort of activity where you're asking a student to sort of step outside of their boundary a bit to like do something silly can be really fun. We've also tie dyed state shirts where we bought our state shirts white and then we had a team tie dyeing event with them. Uh, When I was in high school, we would go to a nursing home as a team and perform in different lounges in the nursing home, uh, which was just cute and nice. Uh, I know some teams, uh, We'll go to the local library and do story time. So they'll oh, that's a cool idea. they'll read storybooks during story time. And so it doesn't always have to be this like weird, cool party environment. Sometimes it's just doing something nice. Ask your kids if there's an organization they want to volunteer for. You and your team go volunteer for it. It doesn't yeah. have to be forensics related. You don't have to get anything out of it other than goodwill. Yeah, I love the idea of volunteerism as a as a bonding activity because mm-hmm. it's also a part of like the mission of our organization is to yeah. like create pot good citizens in the world mm-hmm. and like having a service component would be 
great. Yeah. You know, I mean, and I mean, that's acknowledging that like a lot of these kids do other things that are entirely focused on service. And so you don't want it to become like the focus of your team. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, to have like an event where the kids go do some other, some other thing, but still yeah. spend time together. Like, I think that's what we're talking about more than anything else. It's just the importance of, of having sometimes the it's just forensics mentality and yep. like setting the forensics aside and focusing on the person and the people and the, and, fun. And the fun. Yeah. Like what we do is fun, mm -hmm. but it gets a lot less fun if you're so focused on just the, the task, just yeah. don't the force craft, it down their throat, just the, you know, just the points, just mm -hmm. the, the wins, just the trophies. And I also put the students in charge of planning this stuff, like suggested to them. That's oh, what that's we're saying. all I ever did. Like, cause I, I, that's don't, not my, don't put yourself out if you don't have the space. Like, I love cooking for people and inviting people into my home. So it's not a big deal for me to make a big pot of spaghetti, throw some garlic bread in my oven, heat up a pot of sauce and feed kids. Like that's not a big deal for me. But if it's something else, I'll tell them, okay, you guys have to plan something for the Friday night before state. What are we going to do? Got to do something. Mm -hmm. Where's team meal? Got to figure it out. And it just, I, I want to foster that environment because so often when my students have graduated and I've been in conversation with them and we talk about, we get nostalgic. It's always about those memories. It's mm -hmm. never, well, when I won this thing, when I went to this nationals, it's always, Oh, when we did that just stupid fun thing <laughs> or when like, like driving back and forth to Congress and you would always put on weird music and sing to us, like embrace that. And, but yeah. I also think part of that is like, you also participating in it as a coach, yeah. like especially if you're asking them to do something silly like play charades or yeah, absolutely. do mafia or something. To do it yourself You've got to do it yourself too. And I do think, I mean, I don't want to get down on like becoming, like having a personal relationship with your students. I just think as a, as a man, as a gay man, like I just am always a little bit worried of being accused mm -hmm. <laughs> of something. Um, I also worked for the Catholic church for many years, which probably doesn't help my feeling of like, you yeah. could be accused of something at any point in time. Um, but like one of my, like some of my favorite memories just getting to know kids is on the forensics bus. Yeah. You know, like you go back there to talk to them. Sure. It starts off about like how their day was and what their scores were. And what, but if you just hang out there for a little bit while for a little while and start talking to them mm -hmm. about things like it, it doesn't even really need to be asking them personal questions. Yeah. I and mean, I feel like if, if that's what you're going back there, like hoping to get out of it, they will immediately sense that. Yeah. And shut, it down. shut it down. Um, but if you just go back and like ask them what they like the last movie they saw, Mm -hmm. What book are you reading? Yeah. You know, who's, who's on YouTube right now? Oh God, like that what, would, that would stress was, me out. Like, what was that, you know, like, what was that funny thing you guys were just talking about? See, okay. Personal anecdote, sidebar nation. Yeah. When we were at Glenbrooks, I asked my students to explain TikTok to me. I literally <laughs> downloaded the app on my phone and I was like, okay, what should I follow and do on TikTok? And they were trying to show me like funny videos on TikTok. And I didn't get it. Welcome to being an adult. And I hated it. And it was awful. Like with the Vine thing, I went and watched a bunch of Vine compilations. And then I understood it because mm -hmm. those were funny. Road work ahead. I sure hope it does. That's a great joke. <laughs> it's a solid joke. Yeah. Yeah. 
a girl screaming on TikTok about a boy not liking her and getting red in the face. I'm, mm, I don't understand. Me neither. I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. I know that TikTok is an app and it's a video app. It's and weird. that's the end of my understanding. Yeah, but I, I, I will almost always, and this will bond my students away from me. <laughs> but if I don't understand the internet thing, I always have them explain that's it to a, me. It's a great if I don't understand. Yeah, if I don't understand yeah. a meme or a tech thing or a joke or like who this popular person is that they're all talking about, I have them explain it to me. No. And it's fun. And for also them. share because that also shares something about yourself. And yeah. I think that's the other key too. Is like rather than trying to be all like, ooh, tell me something about you. Like, what's your deepest, darkest secret? Um, just be like, talk about what's going on in your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something funny happened in the judges' lounge today. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, let's wrap it up with you talking about your favorite team bonding thing that happened while you were a competitor. Our team would always stay at the Howard Johnson before state, Mm -hmm. and we would always do a team meeting the Friday night before state. And that team meeting was always really important. And we, the coaches always planned some kind of activity, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. Um, But then me and my, the other half of my brain, Stephanie Ackman decided that we were going to do like a captain's speech. Mm -hmm. Oh God, this is in competition with something else though. This is going to be tough. So we did a captain speech and yep. that became then a tradition. Um, just like a, and it, it it totally flew off into something else because it became almost like a silly, funny skit thing. But like mm-hmm. we started it with it being very like earnest and just a coordinated message of like, like really sit and think about like how far we've come and what we've done. And like, it was a, supposed to be focusing and like inspirational. That's misty eyed. What the um, heck? Well, I mean, that w- we also were under a lot of pressure because our coach really wanted us to win state that year because we had gotten second the year before. <laughs> this is right before Madison Memorial uh, started yes, yes. their dominance. Like literally it was that year that Madison Memorial came out of the blue. And we were like, who won? Where'd they come from? <laughs> What's cool? Um, but it would be that or Steph Yakman and I also were asked as freshmen to do a a tribute to the seniors because we were both really good writers. And so Mm -hmm. we were asked to do that and we did a poem, but that also kind of poked fun at the seniors. Mm. So then it became the senior roast. Oh, I think I remember hearing about this. Yeah. Created the senior roast. And then for four years we did, well, three years, because then we were seniors our senior year. Um, So we did, we did the poem, we did song parodies and we did SNL sketches to roast the seniors. But like everybody got their own individual mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Like they got their own verse of their poem. They got their own song. They got their own SNL skit. And so I do, I know that that in like going back through the years and talking to a lot of the people who were older than us, like they still talk about the thing we did for them or like the song that they had. And it's like, I don't remember what that was. <laughs> But it was so, it was so special for them to yeah. get like to get roasted, mm-hmm. and That's I remember adorable. like our our coach ended up roasting us because he felt like after three years of us doing it, who yeah, else who's was going to ro- who's going to roast the roasters? Ooh. Well, he did it, and I still remember like his thing for me is that I was the CFL bridesmaid because I was always the bridesmaid, and never the bride. I mm-hmm. could not qualify for CFL nationals, <laughs> but I was always first alternate. Even the year I went, I was the first alternate. Oh, I didn't know CFL that. CFL bridesmaid. 
So, and like, I remember him. It's like, that was the thing for me. That was me. Did he dress up as a bridesmaid? No, 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 no. Oh, we just kind of stood up in in front of everybody. And then he told some jokes about us. Oh, okay. I mean, it was was not quite to the level of, of what Stephanie and I, I mean, there was costuming, there was scene changes by the time, by by the time we were juniors doing the SNL skits, there was like a lot going on. That's amazing. Are there pictures? Almost certainly Stephanie Ackman has pictures because she is somebody who's good at Remembering stuff like that. You're going to try to get pictures to put on the internet, aren't you? Of course I <laughs> of course am. Of course you are. Yeah. Um, oh, brother. So. How about you? One thing that. Uh, back in the day, uh, NSDAs used to be multiple days in a row. And different categories would compete in the days. Qualifiers. And qualifiers. My bad. Yeah. And. Because uh, NSDA like, is still multiple We days would literally now. leave school on a Wednesday. Yeah. And you would compete Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in various things. And so my sophomore year, we did that. And we were staying at the La Quinta Inn in Appleton. And uh, there was a day where it was just all the LD debaters and the rest of us weren't doing anything. And this La Quinta had a tennis court, but without nets or anything. And so um, it was March, but it was like 44. Four degrees outside. And so a bunch of us decided that we were going to go lay out. I like we were like it was warm enough to not have a coat, but like we were literally laying on hotel towels in this weird beat up like tennis court. But it was like no one had cell phones yet. Someone had brought their portable radio with them. So we were just listening to the radio and just like talking. And there were a lot of people who I had not interacted with much that season who were there and I got to converse with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later that night we played team truth or dare and forensics kids are so creative. Yeah. <laughs> they make you do some weird stuff. And I loved it. I have plenty of stories that are not appropriate for the pod from that night, but it was another one of those situations where coaches didn't tell us to do it. They sent us off, gave us our, our curfew And one of the captains was like, hey, do you guys all want to come in my room and we can play a game or something? Mm -hmm. And then we did. Yeah. And it was great. Yeah. It's so fun. So you foster it, participate. And then get out of the way. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing you really need to do as a coach is just make sure that the expectation is set that you include everyone. Yep. You know? After We're that, like you don't have to include together. me, you know, like have a party, go bowling, do whatever kids do, go to a movie, like do what you want to do. You don't have to include me, but if it's a forensics thing, everybody on the forensics team gets invited. Yeah. And they'll have phones and texts and whether you every- like them or not, whether you just broke up with them or not, mm-hmm. whether they annoy you, whether you just had to do a project in seventh hour and you're spitting mad at each other, like. One last suggestion. Uh, the last three years, my team has had a students only group chat on Facebook mm. that everyone on the team gets added to and they will be, there'll be teenagers in it, but it's also one of the ways that we re- relay information Yeah, <laughs> is that it'll be like, Oh, can you just put that in the group chat for me? I'm not in the group chat cause right. that'd be weird, but they're all there. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways that they bond. They'll come in and they'll have weird inside jokes from the group chat. See, I always wanted that for my team, but there was always that one weird kid who just didn't have Facebook. And it's like, oh, fine. 
So, you don't need Facebook <laughs> to have Facebook Messenger. Well, then they didn't have Facebook Messenger. <laughs> they were like morally opposed to it. And I was like, how dare like, you? I was like, an old soul. Like trying, the, trying, like the last few years, trying to find like that one medium through where you could communicate with yeah. everybody. It's too hard. It was hard because like they all have school emails, but none of them check out. Mm-hmm. They all use different social medias. So it was always like, oh, fine, I'll post it in three places. We'll see how it goes. But no, that's great. If, get all your team to just have a a group. I mean, for all I know, my kids had that too. I don't know. I hope they did. I hope they were making fun of me. I hope that bonded them. All my kids definitely were making fun of me. And that's why you're not in the chat. That's why I'm not but in it the brings chat. them closer together. It's not that I'm not in the chat because I'm an adult and it would be weird if I was in a group chat with a bunch of high schoolers. It's just mm-hmm. they can make um, it's also the first thing. It's definitely also the first thing. It's also the first thing. So, well, I don't know if you can hear it on the microphone, but we've got some sirens going past the studio. I think that's that's the universe telling us to wrap it up. Yeah. But if you, I think we've done this before, but if you have suggestions of team bonding that you've done that were like fun and great and cool, let us know. Listen at forensicsfaces.com because mm-hmm. we want to be able to disperse them. Uh, Absolutely. Also, if you were on Kurt's forensics team back in the day and you're listening to this and you want to send me photos of Kurt doing silly things, uh, Melissa Gabe, M-A-L-Y-S-S-A-G-A-B-E at gmail.com. That's fair. I was skinnier back then. I should have appreciated how skinny I was back then. Yeah, but you had a chin strap. Just my senior year. Oh, okay. Just my senior year. And not even my whole senior year. Oh. No. Hmm. So... On that note. Yeah, on that, uh, on that note, uh, we will say goodbye and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Forensics Faces is proudly produced in Wisconsin, the birthplace of the National Forensics League. Our theme song was written and performed by J.J. Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, the best way to support the podcast is to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can get in touch with Melissa and me by emailing listen at forensicsfaces.com. You can also find links to all our social media accounts and online merch store by visiting forensicsfaces.com. I'm Kurt, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak, preferably in that order. (laughs) 